On today's Locked On Texan podcast, is it fair to compare C.J. Stroud to Dak Prescott? And which of the four cornerbacks not named Derek Singley will survive here in Houston? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL, and they'll throw in a free custom bird dog Yeti-style tumbler with every order. I am your Texan football analyst, John, some sports guy Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Sports Illustrators and Texan Credential Media members own Cody Davis. Thank you to everybody who watches the show, listens to the show Monday through Friday whenever we drop a new podcast. If you are new to the Locked on Texan podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texan podcast on YouTube. And also make sure that you subscribe to the Locked on Texan podcast wherever you get your podcast, including Apple and Spotify. We're going to dive into the YouTube comments uh, to end off today's show, a couple of days ago, Cody talked about the cornerback position and who may or may not get the extension. So we'll dive more into that. But might be my last, favorite subject now. <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of days, Dak Prescott has been linked to the Houston Texans. Why? Well, because of the praise in terms of being a leader and commanding the respect of a locker room uh, that CJ Charter has been getting as of late and how he's been compared to Dak Prescott from his own teammates, Noah Brown, which will play that video, and Colin Cowherd as well on his show on FS1. Cody, play the clip. Like, let's <laughs> let the world hear it, and then let's talk about it. Um, they're both great quarterbacks. I mean, I mean, great great arm talent. Uh, I, th I think it's a little bit early to compare you know, a rookie to somebody like Dak Prescott, but uh, I, that's great class to be in. Uh, and I think he has all the potential to live up to that, maybe even surpass it. So, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for CJ. Um, I'm willing to have his back in anything. And Noah Brown made those comments during the first day of mandatory minicamp. And, John, I like the fact that Noah Brown went down that route of saying, look, C.J. Stroud is a really good rookie quarterback as of right now, but you guys heard it. Um, it's a little bit too early to start those comparisons, and, and that came up because Noah Brown was asked about whether or not he has seen some comparison between C.J. Stroud and Dak Prescott. And for those of you guys who don't know, Noah Brown um, spent his first six years in the NFL playing alongside Dak Prescott. I believe he got there a year before Prescott did. So he has seen Prescott grow from – a rookie quarterback all the way up to one of the premier quarterbacks in this league. And John, I just wanted to talk about this really quick because I think it's unfair, especially for a guy like Colin Cowherd, one of the, you know, greatest sports journalists of our generation, of our era, especially in terms of sports radio, to kind of say, you know, kind of talk down on C.J. Stroud by saying, you know, because of the failure of past Ohio State quarterback, C.J. Stroud would never have an opportunity to match or surpass the success of Dak Prescott. And, John, you know, 
I'm not about to get into the whole comparison or anything like that because I do agree with Noah Brown. I, I actually wrote about this on Sports Illustrated as well. Um, I like the fact how Noah Brown said, as of right now, um, this young man has the potential, has the talent to, you know, match or hopefully surpass what Dak Prescott has been able to do in the NFL. That would be a win for CJ. Then that would definitely be a win for the Houston Texans. We only seen CJ Stroud throw the football in. OTAs and mandatory minicamp. And as of right now, I have been very impressed by CJ Stroud. And I would like to say that I think one day eventually he could surpass what Dak Prescott has been able to do in the league. But saying that this young man doesn't have a chance to at least match it, I just think that's stupid. I'm sorry. So I want to address a couple of things first by these Colin Cowherd comments, by the way, who, as you mentioned, is a legend in sports radio, you mm -hmm. know. In terms of being a sports analyst, radio personality, and journalist, all of the above. But those comments that Colin Carher made was completely ignorant. And I say that because and I'm fine. You know, Cody, you may have to keep it a little bit more PG. <laughs> do, but first and foremost, to go through the list of quarterbacks that hadn't made it because of the school, right? Mm -hmm. We had this conversation. About we, said, we talked about Ohio State quarterbacks. How many first-round quarterbacks were there in the last 20 years? I want to say Justin Fields, I want to say Stroud. two or three, right? Justin Fields, CJ Stroud. Troy Smith Hosman won it, was a fourth or fifth round fourth quarterback. Round. What about uh, Dwayne Jones, Haskins? Dwayne Dwayne and Dwayne Haskins. Okay. Cordell Jones was a third rounder, I believe. Braxton Miller converted over to play wide receiver, so he didn't get an opportunity in the league. How many great LSU quarterbacks are there? How many great uh, Alabama quarterbacks are there? How many great UT quarterbacks are there? How many great Florida quarterbacks are there? How many great USC quarterbacks are there? We can continue to have this conversation, and I think the conversations in terms of how we address it with C.J. Stroud isn't fair simply because how many greats from a lot of these schools are there actually in the NFL? And we're basing this before he's even stepped on the field yet. So I think that's unfair. Secondly, when Colin Cowher, uh, you know, compared some things that had nothing to do with football, tougher the childhood. These were his comments. Tougher the childhood, tougher the journey, tougher the kid. These were his statements. And when he looked at, the difference between C.J. Stroud and Dak Prescott. Then he continued with, is he as mature as Dak? Is he as tough as Dak? Does he have the leadership skills as Dak Prescott? Dak is very uh, rated very highly in on intangibles. Well, obviously, there must be something there. If we are hearing a wide receiver who played with Dak Prescott say some of these things, and there's obviously something there when we've heard multiple people at the collegiate level, some of his, you know, colleagues and, and, and people that he know in the NFL and league officials and scouts, they have said some of the great things about C.J. Stroud. But comparing the childhood, well, I'm not going to get all into it, but C.J. Stroud's childhood wasn't the easiest. Him going to college wasn't the easiest. If you remember, he wasn't even ranked, I believe, going into his senior year. It took him going to a lot of camps in order for him to stand out. His first couple of games at Ohio State, 
the Ohio State was worthy enough for him to get yanked, <laughs> fall through that adversity. So that's that's number two. But I think overall, when I look at comparing Dak Prescott and T.J. Stroud, if we are going to compare situations, then at the very least, let's give C.J. Stroud the three-year mark every player coming into the NFL deserves because Dak Prescott's route to get to where he is right now a stout offensive line. What did the Houston Texans do this offseason, Cody? <laughs> Improved their offensive line. Right, bringing in, bringing in Shaq Mason, upgrading at the center position, and making sure that Larry Tunsil isn't going anywhere. Uh, the run game that was crazy good when Dak Prescott mm. took over for Tony Romo. What did the Houston Texans do this offseason? Go out they, and sign Devin, Devin Singletary. <laughs> and right now we know how healthy of a player Damian Pierce is and how explosive he's been looking during camp. An right? improved that's, version, by the way, who has improved, improved his pass protection. That's number two. And when you look at what this team is going to do offensively by playing into the strengths of their rookie quarterback, my God, what did the Dallas Cowboys do those first couple of years for Dak Prescott? They made sure – they played into the strengths of that quarterback. That year, Dak Prescott, his rookie, I think he was 23 touchdowns, four interceptions, led that team to the playoffs, had a great rookie year. Not taking anything away from Dak Prescott, but I think the comments that were made, not only by Kyler Cowher, but I also saw some other people kind of chime in and kind of agree. I just think those comments are ignorant and unfair due to this man hasn't even played a preseason game yet. We're not even in July training camp, camp, right? And so (laughs) to to judge a childhood, like do your research on on C.J. Stroud's childhood. Do your research on the process of him actually getting to Ohio State. And we want to talk about maturity and adversity on the field. Uh, If it wasn't for a couple of cornerbacks getting smoked, then we may look at a different national championship game because Hmm. of the adversity that he had to go through against the Georgia Bulldogs, widely known and I think agreed upon to be the best team in college football the past couple of seasons. These are unfair comments. I totally disagree with Colin Carter. And, again, he is a legend in the game, but so am I in my own mind and on my, on my own right and the work that I put in. And I'm gladly calling him out by saying, fact check yourself, do your research. And I think some of those comments should be walked back because we didn't know Dak Prescott was going to be Dak Prescott, a fourth-round quarterback coming out of Mississippi State, right? Hmm. We didn't know that. We thought that Tony Romo was going to have everything that he needed that season in order to take that team on a successful playoff run. So how are we going to judge a quarterback who hadn't taken the snap yet to a quarterback that didn't have the same trajectory coming out of college? We didn't know what he was going to be yet. And we don't know what any quarterback or player coming into the league is going to be. But we can all agree and say that the, at the very least, the Dallas Cowboys made sure that Dak Prescott had exactly what he needed his first couple of years in the league to succeed. And the Houston Texans are going that exact same route. I think God should be proud of this front office and this coaching staff and how they've been handling things because they're at the very least trying to do something different and make sure that their quarterback is comfortable coming into the NFL. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are destined to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. With Bird Dog shorts, listen, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. 
They fit better than the regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dog fixed those issues by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get that way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Listen, check them out right now. Not only if you go to birddogs.com right now slash locked on NFL, not only will you be able to get a, an amazing pair of shorts, but they are giving you a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. If you go right now, visit birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler whenever you make your order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. Um, we are literally recording this about an hour and a half before the start of the NBA draft. Um, of course, I'll be covering it. Then later on today, we'll have an opportunity to be a part of the Rockets media availability to welcome in the new draft class. Hopefully they don't mess this up. But I say all that just to say, please be sure to check out our colleague Jackson Gatlin over at Locked On Rockets. He's actually um, at the NBA draft or was actually at the NBA draft by the time you guys hear this recording. So please be sure to go over there and check his good work out. And um, yeah, just hope for the best for that organization as well. But to continue here with this latest installment of Locked On Texans, John, the last time you and I got together, we talked about whether or not the addition of Shaq Griffin can actually hinder Steven Nelson getting a contract extension. Um, as everyone know by now, Steven Nelson would like to have an extension Um more so before the start of training camp, but as of right now, it doesn't seem like that's going to be too likely. And in the midst of talking about Griffin and Nelson, you also have to consider Tavier Thomas and Desmond King. And all four of these cornerbacks are on one-year deals. And, John, I made the statement by saying I can see Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans being in a position where they can possibly only keep two out of these four cornerbacks. With that being said, John, out of Griffin, Nelson, Thomas, and King, which two would you, if you was the general manager, which two would you sign to an extension as of right now? And I do want to say it's kind of hard to throw Shaq Griffin in this because we haven't seen Shaq Griffin just got here. Houston Texans um, uniform. He's coming off of back surgery. The only film that we have is the is OTAs and mandatory minicamp. He had his moments, but also was called for a couple pass interference calls as well. But, you know, just wanted to throw that disclaimer out there. Out of Tavia Thomas, Desmond King, Shaquille Griffin, and Steven Nelson, the two that I would extend, Steven Nelson mm -hmm. and Desmond King. Mm. Wow. Wow. I'm surprised by that. Yeah. Um, And I would – let me take it a step further by saying if I were to switch them out, it would be Desmond King with Shaquille Griffin, mm -hmm. but I have to cease Shaquille Griffin, right? Uh, I pretty much know what I'm going to get out of Tavier Thomas. Uh, you know what you're going to get out of Steven Nelson on the outside, right? At least for, for the last year, going off what we saw last year. You know what you're going to get out of Desmond King, former pro bowler at that slot position. Shaquille Griffin is the unknown. Mm -hmm. with this team and, and I think that's fair I think Tavier Thomas has a limit to his game um, and no disrespect to Tavier Thomas I would love for him to you know go out on that field through 17 games and shut me the hell up but I think 
Steven Nelson just played too good of football for Houston last year. And you're, you're not – I don't know if Houston found somebody to replicate what Desmond King does, uh, being interchangeable inside-outside, being able to, you know, come down and, and play their line of scrimmage and, and make plays from the slot position right in the box. So those are the two cornerbacks that I would extend uh, for the Houston Texans. I do wonder how much does Nick Casario value the production – of a Steven Nelson, because I just find it very ironic and funny that we are, as soon as you start hearing rumblings that Steven Nelson is seeking a new deal. And once again, he deserved his money because he was the Houston Texans best cornerback last season. Of course, with the injury that went on with, with, with um, Derek Stanley Jr. only played nine games. And, you know, the first part of the season was somewhat of a learning curve for him. Steven Nelson was, was by far the Houston Texans' best cornerback. I just find it very funny that as soon as you start hearing those rumblings that they go out and sign Shaq Griffin. When healthy, he could be a really good cornerback for not just for this organization, but throughout the league. He made his stamp in Seattle, had a had a good year or two good years with the Jacksonville Jaguars before his injury. Now he's here. I think this is one of those, uh, those position camp battles that you definitely got to keep your eyes on. Yeah. Listen, with Steven Nelson, not Steven Nelson, with Desmond King, uh, 37 times he was lined up around the defensive line. 36 times he was lined up in the box. 505 times he was lined up at corner, uh, outside corner. 334 times he was lined up in the slot, right? So you look at the versatility, that's a check. You look at the ability to not allow a lot of yards per game, only allow right over 24 yards per game last season, right? Only allowed 42 catches last season. So to the through the course of 17 games, instead of two and a half catches per game, maybe, total 413 yards on a year, right? The biggest pass that he allowed, biggest catch he allowed last year, was 39 when you go and look at the amount of games with catches allowed under 10 uh 10 yards excuse me one two uh three four five six seven seven games out of 17 where he didn't allow over 10 yards last year not per catch but in the total game didn't allow over 10 yards and so the versatility and how good of a player he is at his job I think he has to come back. And then again, it's it's still unfair for me to judge Shaquille Griffin when I haven't seen him put on a Texan uniform yet. So when training camp rolls around and preseason rolls around, then we'll be able to really judge that battle. Because as you put it, you know, last week, that is a battle to look out for. Both of those guys are outside corners that will play opposite when they're on the field, opposite Derek Stingley. Who's going to beat out who? But I don't think you can replicate right now because I don't think that they found somebody to do a lot of the things Desmond King does for this franchise. Welcome back in, Locked on Texan listeners and viewers. Before we close out today's show, we are going to hop on over to the YouTube comments. Last Friday, we did a game show. Cody, I can't wait to bring that back. <laughs> During that game show, we asked some questions, and now we got to look at some of the responses from our listeners and viewers. My man Greg Putman said Dalton Schultz leads, will lead the team in receptions. Derek Stingley will dramatically improve. He will make a Pro Bowl if he's not, if he's not injured by week eight. And Brevin Jordan does not make the team. Cody, how do you feel about that? 
Oh, wow. Dude. Well, I would not be surprised if Dalton leads the team in receptions. Derek Stingley we will definitely take a next step forward. He's actually put on some weight in a good way. And he's just look a lot. He, he still has that speed. And like I mentioned, he's playing for a coach who has built a defensive scheme around his attributes. And I think that's definitely going to get him where we want, where he wants to be. Brevin Jordan, not making the team. I see where he's coming from, but I'm going to have to say, I disagree with that one, man. I really do think that, you know, that this like Brevin Jordan understands how important this offseason was for him. And you can see some improvements in his game that he's a lot more physical, that he is actually taking those steps forwards to make sure that he not only makes this 53-man roster, but he can actually be a part of every game day roster. Because remember last year he had what about three or four games where he was healthy scratches. And so many yeah. of us are sitting here, you know, asking why. So I can definitely see Brevin Jordan making a team next year. Okay. My man Rodney Bryce, 764, he responded to a bunch of them. But the one I want to point out to you, Cody, is remember when we asked whether or not John Grenard would get a contract? Mm -hmm. He says no to John Grenard getting that contract. I think a lot of Houston Texas fans are just not all the way in on John Grenard right now. I can see that, but it's it's kind of unfair only because he hasn't really been healthy to showcase it. Yeah, um, the only time, it. yeah, I get it. It's only a part of that, but I just I kind of look at him the same way I look at Nico Collins. The talent is there, the potential is there, the opportunity is there. It's just the fact that neither one of those guys can't stay healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and the only reason why I'm bringing up Nico Collins in a conversation like this. A lot more people are high on Nico, and a lot more people expect Nico Collins to take the step as wide receiver one, or at least be a very reliable wide receiver. And but when you look at John Grenard, he gets kind of of a bad rep. And you got to remember, I think the only modest, healthy season that Grenard ever had was his sophomore campaign in 2021, and he recorded what eight to nine sacks. Last year, we thought he was going to get double digit sacks, but unfortunately, injuries got in the way. Um, I, I I don't I, I don't see the Houston Texans extending him this season. If anything, I could see them um giving him a new contract if he stays healthy and still be that same valuable asset that he was his first three years with the Texans. Okay. Um, before we close, Jarrell Scott 5203 says, Is the secondary good or is the wide receiver trash? LOL. He did put an LOL on that, by the way. So, <laughs> oh man, that's a good, good one secondary trash wide receiver group. Which one is it? Jalen Petrie, Derek Stanley Jr., Jimmy Ward, Shaq Griffin, Steven Nelson, <laughs> Tavier Thomas, Desmond King. I'll let you guys answer that question whether or not the secondary is good or is the wide receiver core that bad. And if you guys remember last year, I mean, Houston didn't have a good defense. That was mainly due to how many yards they gave up. Actually, the ground. actually, the last two years, because yeah. like I just mentioned, 2021, Desmond King and Tyler Aaron Thomas did a really good job holding down the secondary. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, specifically last year with the addition of Steven Nelson, 
the secondary and Jalen Petrie, the secondary wasn't necessarily that bad for their defense. They couldn't stop a nose bleed. That's how bad it was. They got a lot of takeaways, too. I believe they had, I want to say, 20 takeaways in total. 11 Mm -hmm. came from the secondary, and five alone came from Jalen Petrie. Yeah, so uh, I think it's just the secondaries. You know, the secondary guys (laughs) are that good. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texas Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to subscribe. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. But uh, I do want to thank you guys for checking out today's episode. And be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Give me a follow at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.